and welcome to Civilizations in Review. I'm so excited to uh, welcome Umaima Fatih tonight, our, our wonderful content writer, to talk all about Acadia 101. I want to start with all of the wonderful places you'll find this wonderful recording. We're obviously on Facebook Live, so thank you for joining us here. We'll soon be on our podcast, on Instagram TV, and our website, and we'll talk about it also on our TikTok soon to come, but also our Twitter and LinkedIn. And, and YouTube, YouTube and YouTube. <laughs> My goodness, I miss one. I always do. So a lot of really exciting places to see this wonderful conversation. Umaima is a wonderful trio as a content writer, as a really engaged member of our global community, and as an official partner as of today, which we will talk about shortly. So thank you for that. Um, but we're just going to jump right into Acadia 101. I want to learn all about this oldest first empire in the world. So let's jump into it. Megan will read the intro. All right, here we go. Thank you everyone for being here. Um, Akkad Agade was the capital of the Akkadian Empire, which ruled over a large expanse of ancient Mesopotamia from 2300 BCE to 2100 BCE. So that's 200 years. Today, the exact location of Akkad is unknown, but there are a number of sources that suggest its establishment to be near modern day Baghdad. Despite a relatively short existence of about 200 years in the region, the Akkadian Empire recorded many major firsts in history. The King Sargon of Akkad united all the Akkadian-speaking Semites and the Sumerian speakers under one sole rule within a multilingual territory, which would become known as the world's first empire. Okay. Love it. Let's jump into it. World's first empire. What a, what a fun one to write about. What, what drew you to Akkadia? And first of all, thank you for uh, inviting me. Um, and um, actually, I really enjoyed the, the process of writing about Ikidia. Um, and I learned a lot about it because um, I'm someone who really enjoy reading about ancient history. And when I got to write about it, I found myself doing even profound reading. So I can see what are like the facts that need to be highlighted about, um, about uh, in this case, the Ikidian civilization. Um, and Ikidia uh, was, um, was the world first empire uh, that was founded by the King Sarkon of Akkad. Um, and for about 200 years, it existed. Um, and um, basically, um, uh, we all, I think, we, are, we know about the Sumerian civilization, uh, but the Akkadia um, and the Akkadian civilization is not that known uh, because of its short, relatively short um, uh, period of existence. It's only about 200 years. If we compare it to the Sumerian civilization, it's not that, that you know, important in, in time. Um, however, the Akkadia really recorded some major um, re like achievements in, in history. Um, and a lot of things that we know today, it's thanks to, to, to this uh, civilization. That's so neat. And I don't think that we give enough credit to the civilizations that have only lasted for a couple hundred years. I know the Tulanids mm -hmm. only lasted 50. Yeah. And so like the first time that we heard about the Tulanids and their absolute roller coaster, soap opera drama of an existence, it was so amazing. And you can do so much. You can have so much modern influence, stuff that like Ben and I didn't even expect for mm -hmm. somebody who you studied a lot of civilizations yeah. in your in your um, graduate program. And so I think that, I mean, 200 years is pretty substantial. I'm not going to lie. Especially yeah. to be 4,000 years ago from today and to be the first empire and the Sumerians then take over and is a much longer empire. You have to start somewhere. 
I want to talk about in your inception decline, you call it the curse of Akkad. What is that? That sounds really interesting. Or who is that? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I really enjoyed this part the most, writing yeah. about the collapse of the, the Akkadian civilization, because it has two different perspectives. There is the mythology explanation uh, behind the collapse. Um, and basically, the mythology, it has to do with the Sumerian beliefs that because of the curse of Akkad, uh, Ikidian collapsed. Um, uh, so basically, um, Sumerians uh, used to believe that um, the gods were really angry against um, the king, Naranstan, who is basically the grandson of uh, the founder of, of Ikidia, um, because he uh, challenged the, the gods and he proclaimed himself to be a god himself and destroyed temples um, in, in, uh, in, in Sumer. Um, so basically the gods were angry, so the uh, sent the Gutians who lived in the Sagres mountains to uh, invade Akkad and destroy it completely. Um, so yeah, that was the, the mythology part, uh, but what is actually for me more even um, interesting is the scientific evidence that the essential uh, cast behind the collapse of Ikidia is actually climate change. Um, and, and it's really interesting because it's still today like a big issue. Uh, and to know that the Gutians actually destroyed the, the city of Akkad um, that is still today unknown, like its locations pre precisely. But, um, but the, the region went through um, like a draw for 100 years. So, so climate change was really um, obvious that was the reason behind the, the collapse and of this uh, amazing civilization. Man, that, thank you for explaining that, a, a two-in-one curse, that's that's intense. Um, yeah, the Gutians and the Sumerians are two other civilizations, so check those out on our Civilizations one. Do we have list. them both up? Sumerians are, Gutians are forthcoming, so uh, oh, if okay. any of you want to yeah. write about that, let us know. But climate change being such an impact is, is fascinating, especially because that was 4,000 years ago from you know the time of this recording. Um, <laughs> but wow, uh, you know, was was there like what what is that scientific evidence showing the the drought and the impact of the climate change at that time? There are a lot of articles in that um, on that um, like perspective that um, there was shown because actually um, Ikidia relied on agriculture um, as as the main source. Um, um, back then, so they, they had irrigation of system, um, and uh, and also uh, what's really interesting is that basically Akkadians embraced the Sumerian culture and practices, so they used the same irrigation system. Um, but during one hundred years, when there was no rain, um, and and also they couldn't manage the the sources, natural sources, um, especially water that. So they get it from the um, rivers, uh, Euphrates and Tigris uh, back then. So uh, there are so many articles. It's really interesting to just to go through um, the scientific um, explanation behind the collapse of, of Ikeja. Yeah. So I'm looking through your article and I'm reading the key accomplishments section, which I always enjoy reading. Ben always goes for like economics ruling system. And I always go for modern influence key accomplishments. Um, and I'm looking at the fact that the Acadians invented the first postal service, 
which is very exciting. A friend of mine, this is completely off topic, but a friend of mine just recently got a job at USPS, which I very kindly pronounce USPS, um, <laughs> Office of Inspector General. So congratulations, Josh Bradley. But let's hear a little bit more about the, the very first postal service. Yes. Um, actually, thanks to Ikidians, we have the postal service today until today. Um, <laughs> And uh, writing about the achievement, actually, uh, I was, it was a bit difficult because, uh, as I said, uh, Akkadians, um, they embraced the Sumerian culture. So all the practices, be it religious like practices, um, administration, um, services, etc., uh, they kept the same. So I was like, what are the inventions and the achievements that were solely made by the Akkadians? And actually, they were the first to, um, to invent the postal service. And by actually putting a clay tablets um, in clay envelopes and uh, putting also the information of the receiver. Um, so yeah, so they were the first one to, to actually invent the service. So they made clay envelopes to put clay tablets in. That is so fascinating. Yes, I'm and glad it you... didn't rain for a hundred years yeah, though. Clearly. Like <laughs> I would imagine that that would get soupy. Um wow. did did you see any anything in your research that said like Sumeria took that idea and kind of ran with it? Um, yeah, after, because of the revival of the Sumerians afterwards, they kept the same. So there was like, mm -hmm. uh, they maintained the same, um, you know, services and what the invention of the Akkadians afterwards. Yeah. But the credits, of, of course, to, to Akkadians. Yeah, I feel like you can't, you can't take like an invention like that and then just kind of walk away from it. Obviously, because it's still around today and everybody has a postal service, but yeah, I didn't know that it came from <laughs> clay envelopes and clay tablets. That's so cool. Gotta start somewhere. Fascinating. So, so you know, speaking of the, the way this empire is organized and whatnot, let's talk about King Sargon, the creator of this empire. Was it a, a pretty, uh, you know, monarchical type of, of rule or what, what was, how was their structure as an empire? Mm -hmm. um, so before the, the Akkadian like empire, uh, ancient Sumer basically, um, was um, like uh, like formed by like its city states. Um, so each cool. city state has a king. Um, and when um, like the Sargon, the king Sargon of Akkad, um, took over um, uh, ancient uh, Sumer, um, he invented a new uh, system of governance uh, completely, which is basically a editory kingship. Um, so. Um, he the, the he managed to um, install to keep power by installing um, his his sons basically and as governance after him. So this is how was the the, the system. So uh, yeah, fascinating. I'm also reading here in the ruling system that all the daughters were the high priestesses of all the major gods. Yeah, that is a really cool. Really interesting. I yeah. love that a lot. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I there is also what I learned and I find very inspiring is the story of his uh, daughter, um, the daughter of uh, King Sargon in Hedwana. She's basically the first uh, um, writer and poet in history. And she, she wrote basically um, around 42 hymns and uh, two of them were dedicated to the goddess of love, Ishtar, 
Um, and today there are in museums like clay tablets that show her work. And then I find this very inspiring um, for, like, for women and just to know that she was like basically the first uh, writer and poet ever. The first writer and poet also had the first postal service at her disposal. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect. Get your word out. That's really cool. And also happened to be a priestess over one of the major. I guys. mean, wow, that's so. I'm assuming it was a quite uh, like multi-god society and religion, right? Yes, actually, it was the uh, okay. religion was really important to maintain order within the empire, and by giving such power to the daughter, uh, they also could could really they had important role within the management, if we can say, and the governance of, of the entire empire. Um, well, I think that solidifies it. Women are definitely better than men. I don't know if anyone, <laughs> everyone on Facebook would agree with this, right? But I think, I think after knowing all of this, women are definitely 100% better than men. I mean, the first poet and writer in all of history is a high priestess daughter of the first king of a first empire. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, like I would, I would take high priestess <laughs> over a major god instead of a, like a governor of some city wow. any day. <laughs> wow, that is really fascinating. I mean, I, I think what I like about that system too, clearly he had a lot of sons to, to organize all of these city-states, but it was kind of a, a familial empire in a sense, instead of, you know, just conquest or, or battle or, or whatnot. It was, you know, all of my sons and families and nephews, yeah. you know, are, are controlling different cities and regions well and we've seen civilizations that mm. have completely crumbled because they just didn't know how to pass off yeah. power onto the next generation and i think oh. king sargon definitely knew how to do that oh, if anything sure. else right like he he had the plan he knew who he wanted to mm. he wanted to fill the role um and i think that that's very helpful who who collapsed do you remember <laughs> oh, all, all of them all of them collapsed. <laughs> now, who, who who collapsed because they didn't it was like they had one son. It was the Timurids. The Timurids, yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. And, wow. and there's um, like his grandson, uh, Naram, Ranam, oh my God, the word, it's Naramsan. <laughs> um, basically, he also managed to expand the boundaries of the empire um, and, and like conquer more land, uh, etc. But there was the the when he challenged the gods and he tried to take over the religious also power destroy temples not respect people like the people how they view a religion that was really important to maintain has always been like important to maintain um, order within civilizations this is what led to um, a lot of problems and the like the beginning of the collapse of uh, of also ikidia um because he's the last ruler of, of this of the empire. Yeah. So, so the curse of, of Akkad, basically. The curse of Akkad. <laughs> no, I think wow. so many civilizations that we've seen have overvalued land and taking more land and having external tax and being a 10 on our friendly, not friendly scale. <laughs> um, and then and then they don't value, I, I don't want to say our civilizations don't value culture because they've all contributed very significantly to the culture. Oh, but sure. I think that like making sure that your community is strong 
having that like very religious, cultural kind of connection and then making sure that you don't overexert yourself when you go out or you tax your people. Uh, right. I believe that was two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so I think, I think what we have to do is start keeping a running tab of how everybody fell apart <laughs> and who learned from, from history. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think- I mean, that, that is why the decline is the first of all of the sections on yes. every single civilization because all of these empires have ended, right? And but their legacy, their their impact on today are really, really crucial. And, and that's why we're chatting about them. So the very first empire and, and how they have collapsed is very fascinating. Um, I, I want to jump a little bit to the curse, you know, the, the climate change, I guess, part of the curse, uh, maybe the real <laughs> definition for curse. Um, you know, they're, they're super big on agriculture and irrigation, right? That that was their primary economic system. Exactly. Uh, cool. They relied on, um, economically speaking, they relied on agriculture, uh, and uh, and but also they lacked a lot of other sources and uh, resources, um, like um, you know everything that has to do with metal. Um, so the surplus of their um, agriculture products, they um, exchange it uh, to like with other products that they need, uh, so they can have you know. Uh, metal for to to, to build and um, but also like to for military uh, conquest uh, afterwards um so there was was like who was like a great strategist um at the king sargon um and how he managed uh, the land and he managed also trade because he expanded um he, he basically created solid uh, trade roads um between the major uh, city states in in ancient summer um, so yeah. That's really, really cool that there is that ancient trade route. Good thing they had such a great postal service, I guess, to, uh, hey, we yeah. have these, these types of food, trade with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing at least, who knows? Uh, so so was, was trade a big part of, of the empire then, of all of the ancient Mesopotamian city-states trading and engaging with one another? Yes, uh, trade uh, prospered during the Akkadian uh, Ryan um, because there was uh, like as an empire, there were like the Sumerian and the Akkadians living in coexistence, even though they speak different languages and slightly they have some different uh, practices, um, uh, but still they managed to live in coexistence and trade prospered, as I said, during this Ryan because there was like the, the roads that were built uh, in a way that facilitated communication um, and also to bring the precious um, like metals that they need and they're not in the region um, of um, ancient Sumer. Incredible. Sometimes I think <laughs> about the, the things that we're doing with Civilizations in Review, right? And I, I think about in, you know, 2000 years, if people are going to look back on us and be like, oh yeah, Ben, when he conquered, I don't know, wherever he's like going to go. Yeah, my salad today, that was what I conquered. Right. Like. But, it, but it'd be like, it was like a 200 year blah, 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 because yeah. like you handed it off to five of your sons and then it failed and here are the reasons why. I think that that's so wild. And, and this is kind of just me having like, a, oh, time is so wild. Um, um, moment, but I think that going deep back into history and kind of running through these civilizations that had so much, like I said before, modern impact, it's it's baffling. And I think it's wonderful, obviously. Um, but it's kind of crazy. It feels like we've, we've come so far and we haven't come that far 
as well. I, I just find it so fascinating that there's like data on this from 4,000 years ago. I mean, I guess because their postal service is so good, we have their mail. But, uh, but like still, you know, how, how would they find out that Sargon had, you know, 15 sons and they all were governors? I mean, I, I know they had a, a language and they and they took notes and, you know, yeah. mailed them off, I guess. The um, meeting notes. <laughs> also like a clay mailbox, I'm assuming, a whole clay everything. But anyways, like I just find Claymation it- Claymation really, almost. All, all of the above. But yeah, I just find it so cool that there is, records somehow of of how these empires engaged i mean we could have just blamed it on the drought and yet we know about this you know anti-religious curse from the grandson of the first sargon that kind of stuff i find so yeah. so interesting and that's why i love civilizations review so thank you for yeah giving us this story it's so cool how did your research go since ben was kind of headed in that direction anyway <laughs> i was it, it was, uh, I think, just talking about the records, um, there's just a fact. Today, there's over half a million of clay tablets um, in Ikidian language uh, in museums all over the world. So uh, this is how we know about what their achievements tell today. And I think, uh, like, just the story of Inheduana, the daughter of Sargon, needs more visibility. We don't mm -hmm. know more about... Uh, you know, her writings, I'm to find it's, she deserves like an entire article just to figure out how she did talk about that. the goddess of love and, and how, you know, poetry was back then. Um, are any of her poems like available out? I mean, I know they're out, but. Are they out? <laughs> how do I ask Has this? she released her album yet? Where are her poems? Like where can we find them or engage with them? That's what I'm trying to say. I think we uh, as the I think we need I need personally to do more research on that. Love um, it. Great. And uh, maybe like an entire article on her um, future project. We want, we hundred percent want that. I will definitely say yeah. I want the goddess of love from Ahenduana. Every single writer. time we have these civilizations in review, we always end up with like four more ideas <laughs> for really wonderful articles that Elfuzaik wants to put out that haven't been accessible in the past. I think that accessible is definitely the the word that you use, Umaima, and the word that we use when we talk about what El Husaic does and the reason that we're contributing to this work. I think a lot of my friends maybe back home are kind of like, why the heck did she get into something that's so niche? <laughs> and obviously not like about Megan. Um, but I think that, and this is kind of where I want to, to change gears, but this is one of the reasons why Elfuzaic exists. We saw that there was this huge gap in educational resources and cultural resources for a region that we wanted to engage with in, in a very positive way, in a very open-minded way that doesn't necessarily pass judgment. It doesn't necessarily, you know, deem something good, bad, or other. Um, we just kind of want to, dare I say, like, go out and make friends. I know that that's <laughs> so simple. That's so, like, playground version of, of what we're looking for. But but I think that being able to have empathy, being able to communicate effectively and positively with other cultures around us just makes the world a, a safer and a better place anyway. So that's one of the reasons why we started Elfuzaic. But Ben, I know you wanted to talk about our partnership. Yeah, so thank you, Umaima, for all of this. Can't wait to read her poems and your analysis of them. So thank you for that idea. But we're gonna shift gears now. Um, so Umayma is also now a partner of Alphusaic, which is super exciting to wear both of those hats. Um, she she co-founded Africana, which uh, is a Africa-centric, so the entire continent focus of the culture, the communities, Africa minds. They have a beautiful Instagram. 
africana.project or at africana.project. And we're gonna announce the full partnership on Monday, so get ready. But please, Umaima, take it away. Tell us why you created them, what they, what you're doing with Africana, all of this wonderful stuff. Yeah, um, at Africana, um, we aim to connect Africans uh, by celebrating inspiring stories, uh, you know, um, the rich cultures in Africa and also the work of amazing Africans. Um, we, as yeah, as you mentioned, we're on Instagram and you can follow us on um, africana.project. Um, and we have three main segments of, of content that we share with our audience. Um, the first is related to its Africa Minds. Uh, we try to highlight personalities from literature, uh, politics, um, and science, etc., and share their their um, success stories, um, uh, basically. And this second segment of content um, is related to its music, uh, Africa rhythms. Uh, we try to introduce musical um, genres that are new that we were actually not familiar with um, in, in Africa. Also the stories of artists from, from the continent. And uh, the third um, segment, uh, which is basically Explore Africa, uh, we try to highlight content creators um, in, on Instagram, for instance, uh, that uh, took that travel our, throughout the, the continent, uh, also promote social um, entrepreneurs and small uh, businesses. Uh, so yeah, that's that's basically uh, Africana for now. Um, also, we will be um, on other social media soon. So yeah, stay tuned. Incredible. I, so please, everyone, check them out. They're they're so incredible. You know, eight of our twenty-two uh, Minaswana countries are also in Africa. So there's a lovely crossover there. Um, you know, Omaima, you're from Morocco, which is very much in the center of both of those two worlds. So it's so, so lovely. We, we chatted earlier today with Umaima and her co-founder, Alexis, who's based in, I think, Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, not mistaken. Yes. She's yes. from Nigeria. Um, <laughs> so it's just such, such a wonderful, um, you know, focus. That's that's not the, not the same exact thing that we do with Alphuzaik, but a very similar appreciation for the globe and the wonderful cultures that make it up. So so thank you for, for taking on this project. I can't wait to see what Africana does. Um, I kind of wish Ahendawana was was based in Africa or Acadia was, so you could use their stories too. But we have many other civilizations, I promise, yeah. <laughs> that you can double dip with. Um, but again, congrats on starting this really wonderful initiative. I, I really hope it uh, blows up as, as best it can. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity to talk about Africana. And also, I'm really excited about our partnership and creating um, quality content to inspire um, the, the, the audience that we want, but also, you know, uh, people from all over the world and to know about um, the Middle East and North Africa, but also Africa as a continent. Um, yes, I'm really excited. Phenomenal. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Umaima for writing this incredible empire. I can't wait to see your letters uh, from Endhuana and, and, and her one poetry. <laughs> and also how Africana continues to grow and expand. Just phenomenal. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. For all of us, we're gonna wrap up here. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this wonderful Civilizations in Review. Such exciting stuff moving ahead. So thank you again, Umaima. Check us out on at Alfuzaik on every social media and on our website at alfuzaik.net. That's A-L-F-U. S-A-I-C dot N-E-T. Thanks so much, all. Have a good evening. Mm -hmm.